blocked by Polak and Rice. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today, and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and now that includes YouTube, so you can watch this podcast in addition to just listening to it if you uh, prefer to do it that way, and it's always great to, to have people listening in, and what a weekend this was for the New York Islanders. Not the greatest two performances by the team overall, but back-to-back shutouts by Ilya Sorokin, who played both games Saturday night in Arizona, Sunday night in Vegas, and did not give up a goal in either game, and boy, I'll tell you, you do that, you get the four points and all of a sudden, the Islanders are above 500, and the ship seems righted, uh, at least on the surface. And we'll discuss our key takeaways from this game. We'll discuss a, a key milestone for Josh Bailey as he continues to move up the charts on the Islanders' all-time lists. And we have our Islanders' birthday of the day, a, a, a player the Islanders traded for with high hopes who didn't last all that long on the island, but we'll talk about him and some of his better moments with the team on today's show. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to talk about, feel free to email the show, the email address, lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings as soon as we get that information. So, uh... Definitely do follow along on Twitter, and I'm also live tweeting during nearly every Islanders game, and I was on both games this past weekend. So, the Islanders get the job done. It wasn't always pretty. In fact, more often than not, it was far from ideal. But, 3-0 win in Arizona Saturday followed by a 2-0 win in Vegas on Sunday. And the two key constants in both of those games, the no goals allowed and the stellar play of Ilya Sorokin. And, you know, one thing that you always understand as an Islander fan, that stellar goaltending, strong goaltending, has always been an important aspect 
of this team's success. And whether it's Robin Lehner, who played for Vegas last night, uh, Thomas Grice, who was here for the first few years of the uh, Barry Trotz regime, Simeon Varlamov, who has not yet played this year, or now Ilya Sorokin, who has started every game so far this season. Regardless of who's been in goal, strong goaltending and consistent goaltending, and at times when the Islanders are not on their A game, outstanding goaltending, have been vital to this team's success. And over the weekend, the Islanders got a big dose of outstanding goaltending from Ilya Sorokin. And look, in the first two games of the year, Sorokin gave up 10 goals in two games, and then there was an empty netter. He was not sharp. He didn't have his usual flair. But over the last three or four games, look, against Chicago last week, he lost out on a shutout in, what, the last minute of that game? Didn't play great against Columbus, but played okay. Wasn't his fault that they lost. And then the back-to-back shutouts over the weekend. But what we've seen from the White Whale, from Ilya Sorokin. More confidence, great anticipation, playing his angles well, uh, and just getting his body on pucks. Look, yes, did he get a few lucky bounces here and there? Absolutely. Anytime you get a shutout, just about, that's going to be part of the equation. But when you think about it, the Islanders went what was it, 13 minutes, for example, in the second period, Sunday, without a shot on goal. And yet they still win the game by two goals. That is a situation where your team is playing meh offensively, but your goaltender is the difference, bails you out, gets you the points that you need, and takes care of business. And it was great to see, you know, so many times Sorokin took chances. uh, And they were calculated chances. They weren't gambles, per se. But, you know, he took a chance that, you know, I think the puck is going to the other side of the net. Didn't have a very lot, you know, a lot of time to react. So he had to anticipate. And he guessed right. Came out, cut off the angle. Uh, sometimes, you know, the puck bounced all, uh, over the stick or wide or whatever of the Vegas player, but Ilya Sorokin brought his A game. And you give him even more credit as far as the A game is concerned when you consider the fact that this Islanders team played on Saturday, played on Sunday, and traveled, you know, from Columbus. To, to Arizona, from Arizona the next night to Vegas. Uh, you know, that's a lot of travel, different time zones, back-to-back games. You know there was a tired team in front of him, and yet Sorokin came through, stood up, and got the job done. And that is how you steal four points on a weekend where in neither one of these games were the Islanders outstanding offensively. And I think that overall, 
this is part of the formula for the New York Islanders to play winning hockey. Now, I wanted to touch on Josh Bailey briefly here before we, uh, you know, move on to our next topic. Bales with a goal and an assist on Sunday. Now all alone in 10th place on the Islanders' all-time scoring list. A lot of people have been critical of Josh Bailey over the years. You know, he was drafted in the first round in the top 10, never really became that, you know, a bona fide goal scorer. But Bales is an Islander through and through. He has great vision, great passer, responsible in his own zone, able to play the point on the power play sometimes, makes passes and creates plays that a lot of other uh, players don't even see or think about. So congratulations to Josh Bailey as he continues to move up the Islanders' all-time games played list, scoring list, etc., and uh, well-deserved for a guy who's given his heart and soul to this team for more than a decade now. So congratulations to Bales and uh, a great four-point weekend for the Islanders. Now, during this weekend, Barry Trotz juggled his lines a little bit. We'll talk about the line juggling plus uh, a possible injury to one of the Islanders' top defensemen. We'll talk about all of that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and oh yeah, you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. And it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So the Islanders did some line juggling, and before Saturday's game, the primary move was Kyle Palmieri demoted, quote-unquote, moved from that top line with Anders Lee and Matthew Barzal down to the second line, and the B&B line of Brock Nelson, Anthony Bavillier, and Josh Bailey was broken up as Bales moved up to the first line, and Look, we mentioned on the show Friday that Barry Trotz had been critical of the play of his second line, the B&B line, which, you know, in the playoffs and probably over the course of the last few regular seasons has been one of the more consistent, if not the most consistent line that the Islanders had offensively. And when they're struggling, 
And, you know, they really did struggle against Columbus and they didn't play great against Chicago. And, and you know, this line wasn't clicking. So Trotz moves things around. Palmieri drops to the second line. Bailey moves up to the top line. And there were concerns. You know, uh, some people I spoke to on Twitter were worried Bailey didn't have the speed to keep up with Barzal. But the most important thing, I don't think that Barry Trotz is really saying, this is my long-term plan, okay? I think what he was really trying to do was create a spark because this team was struggling offensively and they really wanted to shake things up and let players know that, you know what? What you're doing isn't good enough and if you can't produce... Your job isn't secure. And so Saturday, they made that move. Trotz moving Bailey up to the first line, Palmieri down to the second line. You get your three goals. You get production from the top line. And you get the win. And then Sunday, they continue with that change in the lineup. And really early on in the game, I think, you saw a lot of different line combinations. The only line combination that the Islanders really left alone for the entire weekend is that fourth line, the identity line, with Sezekis, Martin, and Clutterbuck. And quite honestly, that's a a very good thing. You don't want to mess with that line. That is your sort of uh, bread-and-butter line. And very glad that they didn't mess with it. But, you know, over the course of an 82-game season, you're going to see players slump, streak, uh, injuries are going to take place. It is always uh, a situation where sometimes you need to shake things up a little bit. And uh, an experienced, outstanding coach like Barry Trotz knew that this weekend... That's what he had to do, and while the results were a little uneven and the Islanders certainly weren't perfect, they certainly did get the job done. They excelled. They got the four points, and I think more important than who scored how many goals, the message was sent to this team. You need to do better, or the status quo is simply not going to be maintained. So, Message given, message received, and now the way the schedule works, the Islanders are off until Saturday afternoon. They have five days off this week, and that means that they have some time to work on their power play, to get healthy, to work on the line combinations, and try to fix some of the things that they've struggled with. The power play remains inconsistent at best. They were 0 for 3 against Vegas. And again, uh, on a couple of those power plays, they did have some chances. But this power play still not moving the puck quickly enough and not moving their feet when they don't have the puck to try to get open. So they need to work some more on that power play over the next five days. The other concern that happened in the Vegas game... uh, Adam Pellick, toward the end of the game, probably with about two, three minutes left, uh, looks like he got hit in the fingers of his left hand 
I don't know whether it was with, I think it was with the puck, might have also been with a stick, did not return right away. The trainers were looking at it. I don't have an immediate update on this as I'm recording this podcast shortly after the conclusion of that game. But realistically, something you got to look out for because uh, you don't want to lose Adam Pellick for any length of time. He is such an integral part of the Islanders' success. You know, this team needs great goaltending, solid defense, and Pellick and Pulak are the bedrocks of that defense, uh, especially with Zidane Chara continuing to struggle. And, you know, it, 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 and Noah Dobson also, I think, has struggled more uh, over the last couple of games than he had recently, especially against Vegas. So lots to uh, assess this week with the five days off, but it is a welcome break. And here's the other big thing that this five-day break between the Sunday night win in Vegas and then a game this coming Saturday, you get Simeon Varlamov healthy between now and then. And whether he starts that Saturday game or the game after it, I'm not sure. But getting Simeon Varlamov back in the lineup and letting him get some of the rust out is sort of the next step in getting this team healthy and ready to take their game back to where it belongs when it comes to uh, the level of play they've become accustomed to, to get their two strong goaltenders both in a groove and start racking up wins. You know, Sorokin stole two wins this past weekend. Now you got to start outplaying people. Now you got to start playing Islanders hockey. They can do it. And getting Simeon Varlamov back and healthy and ready to play is certainly a long-term key to this team's success for the rest of the season. But look, the good news over the weekend, the Islanders get back-to-back shutouts, they get four points, and the climb out of the division cellar and toward contention, which is what people expected of this team, it's becoming a reality, and that is a very good thing. When we come back, we've got our Islanders birthday of the day and some closing thoughts about the weekend. And it's a, I'll tell you, it's a big trade acquisition that never quite panned out for the Islanders because he didn't stay all that long on the island. But uh, we'll discuss that and more on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You know, Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There really is something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. And it's easy to see why when you hear the lineup they have of permanent flavors. Cherry Barcia, Coconut, Cookies and Cream, German Chocolate, Mint Brownie, or my personal favorite, Salted Caramel. It's sweet and salty at the same time. How can you go wrong? If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box. They'll send you two of each of the nine permanent flavors, and you can figure out which ones you love the most. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out these macros. Each bar has between 17 and 18 grams of protein, 
only 130 to 180 calories, just four or five grams of sugar and four or five grams of net carbs, all depending on the flavor. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, and Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, we want to wish a very happy 55th birthday to former Islanders forward Wendell Clark. Clark originally drafted first overall in the 1985 NHL entry draft by the Toronto Maple Leafs, scored 34 goals in just 66 games in his rookie season in Toronto, stayed with the Leafs through the 93-94 season, spent one year in Quebec with the Nordique, and then was traded to the New York Islanders in time for the 95-96 season. Played 58 games for the Isles, 24 goals and 43 points to go with 60 penalty minutes. He was productive with the Islanders, but he wasn't necessarily happy on the island. And the Maple Leafs wanted him back, and yeah, they got him back too. Islanders sent him back to Toronto. He played there through the 97-98 season, and then finished up his career with brief stints in Tampa Bay, Detroit, and Chicago before a last stint in Toronto in the 1999-2000 season. For Wendell Clark, who always played a physical game, uh, you know, he he was 5'11", 197, which was decent size, but he did have to deal with injuries because of the physicality he played with. 793 career NHL games, 330 goals. His best season, a 46-goal campaign in 1993-94. He had 564 points and, yes, 1,690 penalty minutes. Played in 95 playoff games, 37 goals, 69 points there. None of those playoff games with the New York Islanders. We're going to look at one of his better performances in an Islanders uniform We are going to take you to Ottawa for a game between the Islanders and the Senators, November 30th, 1995. Jamie McLennan is the Islanders netminder, while Don Beaupre was the goalie for the Senators, and it was the Islanders getting on the board first in the first period with Ted Drury off for hooking. Derek King pots his third of the year. Matthew Schneider and Alexander Semak with the assist at 13 minutes. One to nothing Islanders. Then the Islanders double the lead late in the period. Todd Bertuzzi, his fifth from Ziggy Palfi at 18.44 after the first period. Islanders two and the Senators nothing. Islanders keep adding to their lead in the second period. It was not easy. Dean Chenouth was off for roughing. And the Islanders had a shorthanded goal. Bob Sweeney is third from Dan Plant at 58 seconds of the second period. Islanders three and Ottawa nothing. And then our Islanders birthday of the day, Wendell Clark, an unassisted goal, his 10th at 224. Four nothing Islanders after 40 minutes and it looked like the Isles were on cruise control. Well, uh, not so fast. 
Randy Cunnyworth with two goals in the third period, his fifth and sixth of the year. The first one assisted by, by Jean-Yves Roy and Don Beaupre. The second one assisted by Dan Quinn. And all of a sudden, it's 4-2. to two. And then Sean Hill at 12-24 of the third period makes it 4-3. to three. His fifth, Dan Quinn and Stan Netcash with the assist. It's a one-goal game. But Ottawa pulls their goalie. Wendell Clark, our Islanders' birthday of the day, adds an empty netter, unassisted, his 11th, second of the game. At 1851, the Islanders skate away with a 5-3 win in their Fisherman jerseys. For Wendell Clark, two goals on four shots on goal. He was a plus one. And yes, he did indeed pot the game winner for the Islanders. Islanders, by the way, uh, outshot 36-32 in this game, but Jamie McLennan, 33 saves to earn the win. So once again, a very happy uh, and healthy 55th birthday for former Islanders forward Wendell Clark. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Five days off. Now for the New York Islanders, and I think this, when you're dealing with a 13-game road trip to start the season, five days off is kind of just what the doctor ordered. So looking forward to that, and we'll have full analysis of the first part of this road trip, and we'll break it all down for you. We'll have the latest injury updates on uh, Simeon Varlamov and on Adam Pellick, if there's anything wrong with him. And we'll have our weekly farm report later on in the week. So lots to discuss, even though there's a little break in the schedule. And thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody has a great Monday uh, and that they enjoyed this weekend. Hey, anytime your team gets four points, that's a good thing. Stay safe, everyone. And of course, let's go Islanders.